Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with Gary. Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with Gary. Let me try that again. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. And this is how you know you're listening to live radio. <laughs> when word salad comes out of Lyle's mouth. You're, you're listening to... Blah, blah, blah. That was amazing. That was awesome. Okay, so we've got text messages. We've got another question for the quiz coming up. Let's see if you can win the answer to this one. That's right. Uh, the woman that went to Jesus' tomb were met by how many angels? So, they were women. They went okay, to Jesus' special tomb. Bonus, special bonus point, pro- points if you can tell us the number and the gospel that states that number. Sure. Well, it's here next to the answer on my screen. But hey. you've got, you got two different alternatives here. Mm-hmm. And if you give both alternatives and both Gospels, then... Yeah. Then, like, extra, then extra bonus points. Good things will extra happen Extra bonus to bragging you. points. Extra bonus bragging points. But again, that question was, the woman that went to Jesus' tomb were met by how many angels? 0491-064-669. You'll go into the draw to win Miracles and Pitfalls, the board game. We'll give it to you for free. It's a board game you can play anywhere. You know where you can play this board game? On Christmas. Yes, you With can. your family. Absolutely. This would be an awesome thing to do on Christmas. It's Christmas Day. You've just filled yourself up with vegan turkey, with vegan gravy and roasted peaches and uh what was it the uh mineral water spritzer you know you've just you just filled yourself up and then you're going to pull this board game out and i'm going to be there and i'm going to demolish everyone because it's going to be my first time playing uh and then and then yeah you you'll just continue to hang out and have fun but yeah, that's where you can play it. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Again, the woman that went to Jesus' tomb, or well, the women that went to Jesus' tomb, were met by how many angels? Okay. All right. You know the answer? Then give us a call right now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to text message this morning. And James is texted in with a bus. A bus. A bus. He owns one. I don't know whether he owns one, but he has a bus on which you can sit on the roof and play the board and game. And play this, absolutely. Yep. And you know how buses have numbers? You know, like you catch the bus and it's yeah. this number and that it's number. The and 11. If you're, if you're a, yeah, if you're, a, if you're a regular public transport catcher, you've got like a whole file of numbers in your head. And yeah. you've got, I caught the 438X and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Check out the number on this bus. The number on this bus is 18. It's parked in a paddock growing weeds and trees. <laughs> 1844. 1844. A, a significant year. It's a very significant year. Mm-hmm. In Bible prophecy. In Bible Yeah, that's right. Daniel 8. This specifically. Was was the prophecy about I want to know where this bus, bus is. Yeah, it, it's just... Can we, it looks like it hasn't run for a very, very long... I wonder whether it has... But we can change that. On our new Faith FM segment, <laughs> Bus Fix-Up. That would be so funny. It's like a radio segment of us doing mechanic work. It would just be like... I'm up for that. Groans and grunts from like snagging your knuckles on different things. And avoiding bad words. That's right. We don't say bad words. We don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Suzanne says, thanks, Jeremy, for the Christmas food and drink ideas. So, mm. Suzanne, she's all sorted for Christmas now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Karen from Emerald mm. in Queensland. Which we says, gave a shout-out to. Yeah, we did gave it. She says, thanks for the shout-out this morning. Keen to hear why. Yes, you are. 
<laughs> Sky says. <laughs> Just moves on. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Sky says definitely getting the veggie roast for Christmas. Simple and you can, f- and you can freeze it after cooking. Okay, guys. Guys, guess what? what? Guess what I found out. So this elusive veggie roast that I ate last year. Yes. That I've been talking up with yes. so much hype. Yes. It is a Woolies brand veggie roast that comes with its <laughs> own Woolies brand sauce. Oh, there that you go. Tastes amazing. Get, get just I I can't even I'm I'm lost for words. I'm I'm just I can't believe that anything that is non-brand is good, but especially yeah, Woolies brand food. But yeah, apparently that's what it is. So I guess keep an eye out. Your Woolies brand Christmas roasts with the Woolies brand sauce that comes with it. Dude, it, it will change your life. Wow. It will rule the Christmas. Yes. It will rule the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see here. What else have we got? Uh, yep. Read that one. Uh, let's see what Raphael's got to say this morning. If you think about it, nature has been singing from creation. We had singing frogs at the beginning, Mm -hmm. uh, which was just amazing. Mm. Uh, If you think about it, nature has been singing from creation. Mm. Unfortunately, we let the world drown out the music. Mm. Can you imagine the music of nature that Adam and Eve must have listened to? Mm. It would have been off the charts. Mm. Love This is one of the things I hate about living in town. I'm living in town for the last two and a half years for the first time ever in my life. And there is so much town noise. Mm. And you kind of got to grow all these plants in your yard to be able to attract birds just so you can get nature noises, Mm. which is not bad. I mean, I don't mind growing plants, but it's effort to get nature noises, Mm -hmm. except for my dog. (laughs) He's just annoying. (laughs) He just makes noise regardless. Yes. But I yelled at him through the security camera last night and he shut up. Mm. I've done that before. That kind of worked. Didn't even have to get out of bed. All right, let's see here. Uh, don't forget the island of Greece called Lesbos. Do I need to say more? What do you think it is known for? I got a very good friend who comes from Lesbos, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a cool island. Very, very pretty. I've seen photos. I've never actually been there myself. Uh, the only one I've been to was Patmos. Ah, okay. Of the Greek islands. Bible tour. I would, I would go there for a holiday and take my wife there for a anniversary honeymoon any time. It's beautiful. Mm. Absolutely stunning. I have much less sympathy for John than what I had previously. Yeah, he's an exile on a <laughs> on Patmos. island. <laughs> on Patmos. I've been I've been all over Western Europe, except I've never been to Greece and I've never been to the Greek islands. You're missing out. I I, I believe I am. The Croatian islands are equally spectacular. Mm. The difference is the water is warmer in on the, in, in the Croatian islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, all of that oh, whole there, all those so many just islands everywhere, mm. spectacular. Mm. Uh, okay, last year's most shared Bible verse. What a great verse! It tells us that Jesus is coming and people are seeking him. God is in charge and allows hard times to come to the world for people to wake up to that fact. Uh, another one here says Grammy Award and Christian music is the pendulum moving to the right? I don't think so. I think the pendulum is moving more in the direction of diversity, mm. and they're like, we've never featured hymns before. Let's feature hymns. I think it is awesome that they are featuring hymns mm. because you kind of get sick of uh, these award ceremonies that always give the same thing to the same thing. Yeah. 
and it's nice to see him being recognised. Mm. And it's nice to have, you know, people like Keith and Kristen Getty who are writing hymns. Mm. You know, 120 years ago, there's a lot of people writing hymns. Now there are very, very few. Mm. And that's, I think our world is a, you know, there's a lot of really good praise and worship songs out there that I enjoy tremendously. But hymns have a particular way of conveying a message that I just, that's almost more sermonic mm. than a praise and worship song. Absolutely. And a lot of them are less repetitive. Mm. I, I detest these praise and worship songs where you can tell that the person who wrote it spent a lot of time in school getting in trouble and writing lines. <laughs> Writing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And after you've sung that, okay, I've sung that line and now I'm singing again and now I'm singing again. It's like, oh, we go to the next slide and I'm singing it again. Mm-hmm. No, please. Mm-hmm. Just, no. And so there's some hymns that are a bit like that as well. But and hymns me. perfectly translate into probably the, the greatest musical genre that exists, which is jazz hymns, which is just something that I'm, I'm a big, big supporter of. There are plenty of epic jazz hymns albums that are great and you could never put a worship song in there. I know nothing about music, so I kind of know what you're talking about, but mm. hey, go for it. We, we can get some on the show in a little bit, for sure. I'm sure Shell can dig something Muster up. Muster something up. Mm. All right, England, less than half the population consider themselves Christians. How must the early Protestant reformers feel? Uh, all that suffering they went through to make England free from the Catholic Church... I smell Jesuits in the air. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Jesuit behind every tree. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, talking about buses, how is Monica doing? Is she on the road again? No, she's not on the road. Uh, the bus is, was, was burnt from one end to the end, completely gutted, um, and it will never, not be coming back on the road. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Oh, right. I, I, I think the uh, GoFundMe is still up and running. Yeah. I believe so. So mm. if you want to help uh, Monica, our co-host here on Faith FM Radio, uh, who comes on from time to time, then uh, go to her GoFundMe. Her home was um, completely burned, her home on wheels, and uh, she was left in just the dress she was standing in. Mm. Um, and there's been some just amazingly incredible people out there who have come forward and given her some su- her support, and uh, she's incredibly... Uh, been blessed by that and appreciative of it. Mm. Okay, Bible study time. And today's Bible study, we have an interesting question to ask. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. We've got a number of uh, really good Bible verses to look into. But the question is this. Typically people, when you describe heaven, think of a place, a location, a paradise full of disembodied souls. Mm. The problem with that is this. If you never die, if the soul is immortal, how do you have a resurrection? Or why have one? That's the next question that comes after that. Why have a resurrection? Mm -hmm. And so I've asked this question on occasions and usually people give me this blank stare like, because a resurrection predisposes death. Mm -hmm. To have a resurrection, you have to have death first. Mm Mm-hmm. The word soul and the word spirit are mentioned over 1,700 times in the Bible. There's not a single solitary time that either of those 
are mentioned anywhere in Scripture as being immortal. Mm. That verse doesn't exist. However, if you look for the resurrection, you're going to find that popping up all over the place. Uh, let me just find it here and see how many times it does come up in the Bible. The resurrection is one of the... Oh, I spelt it wrong. Uh, double R, is it? I think so, yeah. Try that. No, that doesn't look... I'm not going to claim to be the best speller. I'm not going to sit here and try and correct you because, you know... I'll, I'll uh, resurrection is what happens words. when you type and talk the, at the you, same time. You write into the Google search bar, and you know it'll kind of autofill with the right thing and correct your mistakes. That, that's 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 the kind of word resurrection is to me. Lyle, you are really I'm struggling. struggling. <laughs> Normally, I spell really well and really easily, but uh, it's R E S U R E C T I O N. Okay, it's mentioned forty times in the Bible. Oh, there you go. So you've got to get rid of 40 Bible verses to have the immortality of the soul. Absolutely. Actually, you've got to get rid of a lot more than that. But you've got to get rid of these 40 to start with mm-hmm. because it is impossible. This is the obvious. Let me point out to the obvious. It is impossible to have a resurrection if you do not have a death. Mm-hmm. And so many times I've been to funerals and the pastor who gets up the front or the priest who gets up the front, whoever it might be, is so confused. Mm. And they don't even realise it because in one breath they're saying, you know, our dearly departed is in a better place right now. They're with Jesus. They're seeing the face of Jesus. They're with the angels. They're in paradise. They're with, they're with God. They're in heaven. And we're all looking forward to the resurrection. Why? Why are we looking forward to the resurrection if they're already in paradise, yeah, aren't we looking forward to death mm-hmm. instead of the resurrection? Mm-hmm. You know, death is not an enemy if there is no such thing as death. Mm. The wages of sin is not death if you never die, and that's the very means that gives you the ability to go and you know meet God. That's right. That would make death our friend, not our enemy. Mm. And, you know, the flip side of the coin is the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible doesn't say that the wages of sin is life in hellfire. It just simply says the wages of sin is death. Mm. I think it's really important to just hammer home the fact that these ideas are so mutually exclusive for one another because then uh, people try to do something topsy-turvy where they're like, all right, so you die and... You go to heaven, but then you're called back into your soul, is called back into your body for a resurrection that takes place where then you resurrect. And it's like, but, but, but why? Why do I need to be in my body when I'm, when my soul is in heaven? Isn't that the goal? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16 to 18. And this is a really important point. If there is an advantage of being in your body, why not just resurrect the body? Why just save the soul? Mm. Why do you have to put up with just being a disembodied soul for a few thousand years until Jesus comes and has a resurrection? And I was like, oh, at long last I can get my body back. (laughs) But why did you need it? You're already in heaven. Yes, exactly. And if heaven is paradise and if heaven is perfection, well, then heaven is obviously not paradise and not perfection if having a body is an advantage. And, and again, like what sense does it make to need to collect your body uh, to, you know, 
be able to, yeah. What what need is there to be, to collect your body to be able to, you know, be in heaven? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, where are we? First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse sixteen to eighteen. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse sixteen to eighteen. Let's see what we can find here. Lawson, what do you got for us there? In verse 16, the Bible says, And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. All right. All right. Let me just let me just point out a couple of obvious things here. Let me just start in verse 16. Uh, verse, uh, oh, I've got chapter 16 here. Mm-hmm. Let me go to chapter 15. Mm-hmm. And verse 16, for if the dead rise not, then Christ is has not risen. Okay, so that's fair enough. We can all agree here that if uh, there's no resurrection of the dead, then there's no resurrection of Jesus either. But then he goes on and he says, and if Christ is not raised, your faith is vain, for you're stuck in your sins. Mm. Why? Uh, verse 18 then those also which are fallen asleep, so they're dead, are perished. Mm. I want you to think about that for a moment. The Bible says that they are perished Mm. if there is no resurrection of the dead. Mm. The Bible says they are stuck in their sins if there is no resurrection of the dead. Mm. Okay, so here's here's the alternatives that the Bible gives you. The Bible gives you the alternative of the resurrection or perished. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in between that. Mm-hmm. Why would he, why would Paul say if there's no resurrection of the dead, dead, well, it's not going to be such a big deal because you'll be just stuck in your disembodied soul? Mm-hmm. Or, because if the soul is immortal, if there's no resurrection of the dead, sorry, I butted in there, but if the soul is immortal and there's no resurrection of the dead then really, what's the problem if there's no res? You just keep living as a disembodied soul. Now, the other person could say, oh, well, the reason it's so important that Christ is resurrected is that he's died for us, and because he's died for us, he's given us the ability and the opportunity to be saved. But what this verse doesn't say is, oh, well, if Christ hasn't risen, which, you know, shows us that Jesus has died for our sins, and because he's a perfect sacrifice, he's able to be resurrected. What this verse doesn't say is, if Christ hasn't risen, then you're in hell for eternity. That's right. The it's, Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible the, says you're perished. You're perished. Um, so from either side, it can be, well, the fact that it just simply doesn't talk about being in hell for eternity, but simultaneously, you know, the other the other side of that coin is that it's just, there's just no way that it's talking about that at all because it doesn't give that as the alternative for Christ not being resurrected. It not only shows you that Jesus has died to pay for your sins, but that the solution to that is resurrection and the failure of that is perishable death. So let's think about it from this perspective then. Let's imagine that the resurrection is not in the Bible. Let's imagine that instead of the resurrection being in the Bible, the immortality of the soul is in the Bible, right? Mm. And how would this passage read? This passage would read then, if Christ is not raised, uh, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Well, we could probably live with that. Uh, but then in verse 18 it says, then those also which are fallen asleep, in other words, they've become a disembodied soul in Christ, are fine because they're in heaven. Mm. 
But it doesn't say that. It says because they are perished. The Bible mm. says without a bodily resurrection, you have perished. Mm. There's no such thing as a disembodied soul floating around in mm. heaven. This is a doctrine that is the most confused doctrine that you will ever come across when you have both the immortality of the soul and the resurrection of the body in some uncomfortable conglomerated mix trying to combine them together. It just doesn't work. You try and sit on that fence, you're going to get a very sore butt in a very short space of time because it will do your head in. (laughs) You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, yeah, have you got? Have you, wait, I need to give a quiz question. You do. I, this is important. All right, that's right. Because somebody needs to win this game, and when they win this game, we need to organise a games night. Absolutely, we haven't been able to do that with one of our listeners yet. We haven't, but we, we it's going to happen. We absolutely want to. Well, hey, our next question it's uh, it's a fashion question actually. So all of all of you fashion people, if if you're into fashion and the Bible, should know the answer to this one. What two Bible heroes were recorded as wearing clothing of hair and a leather belt? 0491-064-669. Say that again. What two Bible heroes were recorded as wearing, yeah, clothing of hair and a leather belt? Kind of related to each other, not in a, not in a, uh, not, not, not in a family sense. Not in a DNA sense. But yeah, definitely there's, there's some relation going on. Despite despite these people living in two different time periods, but mm. hey, zero four nine. We're just giving you clues because we want you to get this one. Yes, but zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What two Bible heroes were recorded as wearing clothing of hair and a leather belt? And you'll go in the draw to win miracles and pitfalls, the board game. Okay, um, somebody's texting and say, "Welcome to the rants of Lyle today." Haha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always good to have a good rant sometimes. Oh, you shouldn't um, see this guy off air. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, think, you think he's on air only? Wow. Anyways. Okay, so another text message says, love old gospel music. I feel a lot of it is perhaps about being emotional than worship, or I think mm. rather than worship. Uh, anyway, I... Butchered that ver- that text message. The person was trying to say they, they love yes. old gospel music because modern music can tend to be more emotional than worshipful, whereas older gospel music tends to be more worshipful. I believe you have uh, correctly edited the, ver- yeah. the, the text message. I've, I've deciphered Lyle's, again, word spaghetti that, <laughs> that, he's, that he's fighting against. This was not my word spaghetti. Uh, it definitely Shell is Shell edits these text messages before she Read sends it. it to you. Okay. Read it. Love old gospel music. I feel a lot of it is perhaps about being emotional rather than worshipful. I added that a little bit, but you only a loady, only a tiny little bit. You did, but it still says the opposite of what you said. No, but it's it's essentially You interpreted it. I mean I and I have that right, okay? <laughs> and and listen, Sky, if I'm wrong then you can let me know that I, <laughs> but I feel like I, I said the right thing. Okay. I feel you did as well. Acts chapter 2, mm. because I totally agree. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, let's read verse 34. Acts chapter 2 and verse... Sermon of Peter right here. 34. Yep. Oh, uh, by, the- by the way, while we're turning there, let me ask you all this question, uh, dear listener. 
King David, a saved man or a lost man? What is the answer? Well, I've preached about David on the weekend. Because you could say, was he a righteous man or a wicked man? And it'd be like, well. <laughs> but if you say, was he a saved man or a lost man? We actually know the answer to that question. Yeah, we He was a saved man. He was a saved man. Yeah. yeah. He did some wicked things. Praise God. Praise God's grace. Yeah. Because he did worse things than I think probably any of our listeners have ever done. I hope so anyway. Like, I hope that And I hope if you've done worse things than David, you are listening. Yes. There are people in Australia who have done worse things, but not many. And you repent. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, the example of David. That's that, what we that, see. That's right. If David can, can receive grace and salvation, then so can you. Oh, man. It goes so deep. I, I, I preach about David on the weekend. I preach a sermon called David's Most Surprising Action. And it was just... It, it was about the fact that, yeah, David just right until the end of his life had a, like, he was so good for so long. And, and then, then he would just have these massive crashes. Yeah. And and then he'd go good for a whole lot more long time and then he would crash again. And and you read the last couple of chapters of David's life and it's like, all right, he's, he's an old man. He's got a couple years left. Surely he can just coast it out, you know, as the king of Israel. Nope. And instead of doing that, he causes... Tens of thousands of people to die. But we would say, yes, that David is is a saved person. Yes, we've got a text message coming through here from Raphael to say that David, let me just read it right here. Ah, it vanished off my phone. David was a saved man in Christ. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Amen. But the All Bible right. says here in verse 34, for David himself never ascended into heaven. Oh, oops. Yet he said, Yikes. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand. So where did David never go? Heaven. Where is David not? Heaven. Let me read it to you from my translation. The Bible says, for David is not in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said, but he said himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my, on my right hand. Mm. Okay, so the Bible is very, very clear that David is not in heaven, and we would think that okay, a saved man, a righteous, a, 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 a person who was converted and saved, such as King David, would be in heaven. That would be the natural conclusion that ninety nine percent of Christians would make today, because they would say, well, you know, saved people they go to heaven when they die. There's this thing called the immortality of the soul. Not that you'll find it anywhere in Scripture, but this is what this is what they'll come up with. Like, yes, definitely, David is in heaven, except that the Bible says that he's not. Mm. It's not there. Mm. So if he's not there, where is he? Verse 29. Well, yeah, the, the Bible tells us in verse 29 where it says, Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still with us here among us today. Absolutely. Okay, so the Bible says that he is not in heaven, that he is in his tomb, and the tomb is still there. Mm. And you can go there and you can see the bones of David if you really desperately need to. Mm. Kind of special for them in those days, I guess. Yeah, we can't see that today, unfortunately. It's all been lost. Mm. Yeah. Lost, stolen, pillaged, buried, buried. Maybe it's probably been excavated and we're just like, well, there's a pile of bones. I wonder whose those are. (laughs) Wouldn't know, would you? Mm. But back then, they did. They just they knew exactly where. Okay, so here's what we've got. We do have people in heaven, mm-hmm. and the Bible speaks about them. Mm-hmm. Elijah is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Enoch is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Moses, is, Moses is in heaven. 
And here's my question. Are they disembodied souls? I mean, when they appear with Jesus on the tra- on the mountain of transfiguration, did they appear as ghosts? Well, it just said that they appeared in glory. Mm. And so, and and then, you know, you've got Peter who's right there, and he's like, "Well, let's build, uh, let's build some some uh, some structures here for you guys so that you can stay." Mm. Peter was he was keen. He's like, "This is Moses and Elijah." And I'm a bit worried that they have just appeared and they might disappear as quickly as they appeared. So mm. if I put it if I pitch a tent, they might hang out for a while. Let's let's build a booth and let's you know, construct something and sit down and have a conversation with these guys. I mean, hey, wouldn't you want to have a conversation with Moses and Elijah if they turned mm. up? And so but being the very practical, action based man that he was, he's like, Let's do this. Mm. And you don't do that for a ghost. Mm. You do that for a person with a body. A ghost doesn't need, no need for a building for a ghost. Mm. You know, not worried about the rain mm-hmm. or the weather. Mm-hmm. But for a person with a body, no, that's a practical suggestion. Okay, so the only people that have gone to heaven have gone to heaven in, in body. bodies. And the Bible talks about the resurrection of Moses the translation of Elijah and Enoch, and also a mysterious group at the time of the death of Jesus. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You guys are all laughing at me, and I don't know why. (laughs) There was a quiz question that asked how many angels were at the tomb of Jesus, and I said there are two possible answers, and you get bonus, extra bonus rights, bonus Right, if you give both answers with both Gospels. And I was asked well, by the team here, mm-hmm. how do you find that out? And I'm like, well, when somebody sends it through, they will give you a Gospel and a verse to go with that Gospel and you can double-check it. <laughs> I don't see why that's funny. It's not funny. Why is that funny? Why are you all laughing? I, no, the reason I'm laughing is that I think... You working with Shell, you know, husband and wife work team. Um, you know, it definitely then necessitates a need for some couples counselling, <laughs> some, 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 you know, some kind of uh, trip or getaway to repair the relationship. Because I am just sitting here, just laughing and like almost popcorn. crying because it's just how much you know. It's it's not that they are criticizing each other. No, they love each other. It's it's awesome, but it's just it's just funny when. When Shell gives you a hard time about stuff. <laughs> so when no, the best one is when Lars says something and Shell does a big old face palm behind the desk. <laughs> it's so good. But hey, let's have some answers for no, the I think quiz. She gets more embarrassed when I mess up than when you mess up. Oh yeah. What does what does it matter when I mess up? You can just fire me. But she has to <laughs> just to live with you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's 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 uh, let's have uh, some answers for the quiz. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? What book of the Bible has the most chapters? That is the book of Psalms. It is Job who is from the land of Uz. The woman that went to Jesus' tomb were met by how many angels? So it's two according to the Gospel of Luke, and I think it's one according to the Gospel of John. I'm pretty sure. But it might be Mark or Matthew. Um, what two Bible heroes were recorded as wearing clothing of hair and a leather belt? It's John the Baptist and Elijah. So while well, I was saying these guys are related to each other because people thought that John the Baptist 
was Elijah. And if you read the Bible, the Bible actually calls John the Baptist the second coming of Elijah because he comes in the same spirit and power and with the same message preparing people to meet the Lord. But those are the answers. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right. Chris asked this question. He says, how... Uh, sorry, did God use Hitler and the Germans for the same purpose as in the Old Testament to teach his people a lesson? No, there's some subtle differences between the Old Testament and New Testament times, and we need to look into those. But if you go to the Old Testament, you find these passages like, say, for instance, First First Kings uh, chapter 19, verse 15, where God comes to Elijah and God says to Elijah, the Lord said to him, go return, unto the way, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you come, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. So Hazael was a king who was anointed by God to be king of Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall you anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, shall you anoint to be prophet in your place. And so this is God coming to Elijah and saying, hey, look, your work is just about done. So before you finish up, uh, you need to anoint some people for some important roles. Now, the interesting part of this is that Hazael is anointed. He's he's a general. He's not a king of Syria. He's not in the royal line, but he is anointed by God to be king over Syria. And then he turns around and does terrible, terrible things to Israel. And so is that what is happening in the Second World War with Adolf Hitler? Is that what is happening with in the Ukraine with you know Vladimir Putin or any other conflict that has ever happened down through history? No, you can't apply this to every conflict down through history. There are a number of principles, however, that we can observe, and this is what we find happening in the Old Testament. You find a little bit of a cycle of it. You find that God sets up a nation, and so God's church is God's nation. You have a theocracy, and under a theocracy, it's very different to where we have God's church spread throughout the world under many different forms of government. And so an attack against the nation was the same as an attack against a church. And so... uh, you know, things could operate differently. God could communicate with his nation or his church in a very different way than what he communicates today. And so if you look at un- under the context of a theocracy, when the nation departed from God, God was there to protect his people and to bless them. But when they departed from God and they're like, no, nah, we're going to worship Baal or some other God that was you know local to the region, God would be like, fine, go worship Baal, and now Baal can protect you. The problem was that Baal was a lump of rock and didn't do anything for them. And when they had no protection, then the Midianites would turn up or the Amalekites would turn up or the Syrians would turn up and it would be a disaster until the Israelites realized, actually, we need to go back and worship Yahweh again. And so it wasn't so much a matter of God turning around and saying, okay, I'm going to uh, send these people and they're going to you know, absolutely smash you. It's like God saying, okay, you want to worship Baal? Go ahead, worship Baal. Let Baal protect you and see how that works for you because I've sent you prophets, I've preached to you, I've sent you the word of God, I've sent you all of these kind of things, and you haven't listened. And so if you're not going to listen to that, then maybe you know, pain is God's megaphone. Uh, you know, he speaks to us in that still small voice, but pain is a megaphone. Okay, how do we translate that then to New Testament times where there is no theocracy, there is no nation, 
and Christians are spread throughout the world. You get something like, you know, the Second World War, or you get the war that's in the Ukraine or whatever it might be, and it's not God withdrawing his protection from a nation. That's not what is taking place and allowing another nation to persecute said nation because they have turned away from God. That's not what you've got happening when there is no theocracy. However, what you do find is in any kind of conflict, regardless of which side, you find people turning to God. And God will use anything that he can to bring people to him. And that's one of the things that we can see happening in Europe right now uh, with that conflict in the Ukraine. We, we see here you know, a massive, massive uptick in the use of the Bible, and we can measure that through digital Bibles today, which is a great thing to be able to do. And so we can see that, yes, in times of conflict and pain, people do turn to God and if there's going to be any positive that comes out of you know, the war in Ukraine, then this could be one of them. Anyway, Lee has texted through to say that the best thing in the, is the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. Gives us comfort for sure. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because he never did any evil things? No, because he experienced God's grace, and when he did bad things, he asked for forgiveness. Mm. All right. Don't forget to spend some time one-on-one with Jesus today. Don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow more like Him. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.